Hi, and welcome to The Literary Sipper. I'm Amber Beatty Hill, your host. And today we're going to talk about having a quiet, warm place to do your art. I wanted to start with a little poem, a William Blake poem. In it, he says, To see a world in a grain of sand and a heaven in a wildflower. Hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. And I wanted to start with that poem because isn't that the expectation of the artist? That we are going to make the ordinary extraordinary, that we are going to have the capacity to elevate the alphabet into something powerful, that we are going to be able to hold these tiny fragments of life up to a microscope and make something magical and mystical out of them. And we're supposed to make eternity in an hour. And it had me thinking about the place that we're supposed to make all of this magic happen. And I know many of you have read Virginia Woolf's seminal work, A Room of One's Own, and she says a woman must have money in a room of her own if she is to write fiction. But I think beyond that physical, quiet, warm space, room of one's own, that it is also about the places where we have to get the work done. And sometimes quickly, um, sometimes we have to share that space. Sometimes we want to share that space. But that as artists who are generally mercurial creatures, we often have to become creatures of habit in this way so that when we sit down and try to make the world out of a grain of sand, that we have a place to do that. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I had this really weird experience last week. So my car needed its 30,000 mile whatever tune up and I just didn't feel like doing the thing organizing the drop-off and the pickup and the rental car and whatever for the day they told me it would be two to three hours and I said okay I'm going to bring my computer my novel that's in revisions and I'm going to sit and I'm going to work on it and I got more work done in that car dealership, in those two hours, than I have in months. I made big decisions. I started implementing those decisions. I was able to get through the first, you know, chunk of work in two hours, which is something that I had not been able to do for an entire summer. Now, part of that is just the nature of summer for me and summer break and, and having children and trying to balance it all. But part of it, I felt like the space, the where. And those two things, I've always put this premium on. Oh, if I had my own room with the door that shuts, then I'd be able to do the work. And that's true. I do think that those things are important. But I also think it's about the lack of distraction. And not allowing yourself to be distracted 
by the other work in the house, by your other roles in your life, whether it's another job or your role as a parent or your role as um, a daughter, caretaker, whatever it is that you can't resist the pull of. And do you really preserve that space for yourself? Or when we were, I'm in the middle of a public space where there really isn't any other choice but to do the work that I've brought with me. Now, I could have surfed the internet. That's a huge distraction. But I didn't. I really committed to not doing that. And the fundamental question I have is, is it really about the physical space at all? Or is it about the time and the dedication of that time and the dedication of your mindset that matters the most? So I came up with this little five point checklist for you to be thinking about your space and and what I would offer to you as a way to think about your space and getting work done in your space. Some of you are very lucky and have studios that you can go to, but sometimes you go into the studio and you do still find yourself distracted. Maybe you're distracted with marketing your work. Maybe you're distracted with social media. Maybe you're distracted still by the same things that I listed earlier, your other roles, your other places. And some of you are trying to carve out time at a dining room table, a very public space in your home where there are children running around or a spouse who works from home and you're trying to share um, space. All of these things are part of just life and they're always going to be there. There isn't some magical world that exists where when you walk into that room, the rest of your world ceases to exist. You have to fake it till you make it. You have to pretend that is true. So the first word that I'm going to give you, they're all verbs. (laughs) So the first verb I'm going to give you to think about in terms of your space is to ask. Ask for your space. Your spouse, your partner, your family cannot read your mind. They need you to say the words or put a sign up or make known on a family calendar. I am going to be working in my space at this time. I need to ask for respect of that space, the time for that space, the privacy of that space. Please do not come into that space to interrupt me for questions that you probably can answer for yourself. Please don't interrupt me unless it is a true emergency. Please just give me this X number of minutes or hours, if you're lucky, to do this work uninterrupted. This is a very, very difficult thing to do. It is not easy because if we're fighting against so many responsibilities we imagine in our mind that are ours, so many roles in our families we may have filled up in, up until now. Maybe we like helping and we like being the person who kind of knows where everything is or knows how to run the family. And it's really hard to ask for that space for our art because we've continued to put it lower and lower on our list of to-dos. But the first part of having a quiet and warm place to do your work is to ask for it, to let it be known, 
so that you can retrain the people you share your space with to understand your needs and wants as a human being trying to make art in the world. The second verb I would offer you to think about is the verb leave. Leave. Leave your space. Go somewhere else. Go to the library. Go to the car dealership. Go to the park. Take yourself on an art estate and write at a museum around art that inspires you. Take a weekend. Take an afternoon. Go somewhere else and see what inspires you there and see how leaving your space affects you. And I'm not saying you have to leave your space every time you want to make art or leave your space every time you want to write or edit or whatever it is. But I am saying that a change of venue is always a good thing and sometimes can jumpstart momentum in the right direction. It can inspire you by just being out in the world. We've spent the last three years since the pandemic holing up in the same room. Maybe we need to expand our horizons a little bit and see what else is out there and see and notice what it does to our creativity levels, what it does to our productivity levels, what it does to our general feeling about being an artist in the world. The third verb I will give you is the word claim. Claim that space. So if you do have a space in your house, make it cozy. Make it yours. Put your favorite books in there. Put your favorite photos in there. Put your post-it notes of your plot all over the walls. Get a whiteboard. Get a vase of flowers. My friend has a pair of gloves that she puts on every time it's her time to write. It's a signal to her brain that this is writing time. She literally puts on these fingerless gloves and sits down at her typewriter. And when she's done, she takes them off and she puts them on her desk next to her spot. It is a visual reminder that this time is for this enterprise. And I think your space should be inspiring. I think there should be movement in it that if it doesn't inspire you, make it inspire you. If it needs a coat of paint, paint it. If you need to move the table under the window because you want to look outside, move the table. And make it almost a Pavlovian response that when I sit in this spot, that is when my brain is going to turn into the artistic person that I am. It's going to fire on those cylinders. And when you're finished with each day, be done with it. Move out of that space, move back into your life. And for some of you, that's hard. And you might need a little walk around the block. You might need a reset. But if your space is inspiring and you've claimed that space as your own, people will also see you working in that space and know that you are working, that you are working on the thing that matters to you. Now, for those of you who are artists who have, have large canvases or pottery wheels, I mean, sometimes the studio space is shared space also, but is there a way for you to claim part of that space as your own, especially for those of you who share it? I know this is really difficult to do in like in ceramic studios because you share kilns, you share wheels, you share clay, you share all of these things. But is there a way to, on your shelf where your things are drying, to put your name in a way that inspires you or to put photographs inside the cubby 
or something else that will allow you to claim that space as your own and remind you that you are part of that community. The fourth verb is probably the most important. I'm not going to lie, but it is sit. Put your butt in the chair and do the thing. Do the writing, do the singing, do the painting, do the drawing, do the thing that you want to do. Make the jewelry, write the cookbook. I don't care what it is, but sit down and do it. And if you haven't sat today, I encourage you to sit, maybe even just for 60 seconds of quiet breathing first, and then sit for the work. Because you have to be still for a minute, at least, before you can enter in to that necessary, fertile space of your mind. The book will not write while you're at the grocery store. The book will not write while you are doing everything else on that to-do list but that. It will not happen unless you put your butt in the seat. So sit down. In this quiet, warm space that we're creating, sit down and do it. And I've said before on podcasts previous, five minutes, just start with five minutes, especially if you're in a rut just five minutes, you'd be amazed at how much you can write in five minutes. If I told you to write about nothing, just nothing, tell me what you ate that morning for breakfast, and I set a timer for five minutes, you would fill up a page in five minutes because there's no pressure. And we put this pressure on the piece sometimes or the project that doesn't need to be there. Um, So spend the first minute breathing, spend the second minute writing, and then see how it feels to delve into the larger project. And the last verb I offer you is the verb return. Return to that space over and over again until you feel tired of it, and then you can change the space around. You can leave the space and go to one of those other more inspiring places, the park, the mountains, a vacation whatever it is, but return to your space, to the claimed space that you have, and try and try and try again. And don't be afraid if your space changes or your feelings about the space changes. You are a mercurial creature. It will happen. That's why I'm a firm believer in the seasons. And as we enter into these darker seasons, where the light is gone earlier and earlier and your urge to sit in front of a fire or to read a book or to wrap yourself in a blanket gets larger and larger, make sure that your space reflects that. Is there a reading chair in your space that you can use? Is there a book that you are inspired by, a book of paintings or a book of poetry? And when the spring comes again, and it will, you can Refresh, recharge, re-energize the space, but that it will always remain quiet and warm and ready for you when you are ready to work. If you're looking for how other people set up their spaces or how other people think about um, their artistic 
lives. I really recommend Mason Curry's books, Daily Rituals. He has one that's called Women at Work. It's about all female artists. He has one just about artists at work where he realized after writing it, he didn't include a lot of female artists, which is why he used he followed it up with Women at Work. But it, it talks a lot about just the reality and not the fantasy of doing the work. We have these fantasies of E.B. White's barn in the morning and Alexander Calder's massive studio with huge tools and large mobiles everywhere. And the reality for most of us in the 21st century here is that we're sitting at a desk with a computer in front of us for some part of the day, even if our work is physical in nature, even if we're songwriters, even if we're large-scale painters, we still have to put our work out there and share it. So make sure that your space reflects who you are as much as possible. I hope you're well, and I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to The Literary Sipper. I hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something new. If you did, please subscribe and leave a rating and review if you're feeling especially generous. Until next time, keep reading, keep writing, and keep putting your voice in the world. It's waiting for you.